Welcome to the Christchurch London podcast. This is a talk from our Stockwell service. To hear talks from each of our services, please visit christchurchlondon.org. Well, thank you so much, Helen. Very good to see you guys again. Uh, it's not been that long this time, three weeks ago. Uh, but really happy to be back with you again. It's always such a joy to see you. And um, today we're going to continue our series on Luke. Feels like we've been in the Gospel of Luke forever now, but it's a very good Gospel to spend eternity in. So here we go again. Uh, today it's Luke uh, chapter 11 and from verse 5. And this is what it says, Then Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, Lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked, and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, Yet, because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? These are the words of Jesus. Amazing words. For those of us who have a story in churches in Christian life, probably quite well-known words. And yet I believe there are some very exciting perspectives in these verses that we even sometimes may overlook. It's been a while, but I remember vividly the time when Med and I, we were newly married. Uh, our life was full of love full of dreams, and with very little money. At times, no money at all. And this was one of those times. We had visitors coming in the afternoon uh, for coffee, and uh, Meta had kind of spent the last things we had in the kitchen to make cookies, and she had put them in the oven. And the last thing she said to me before leaving the flat was, last, remember to take them out of the oven. And I can see some of you have guessed the story. <laughs> I had this brilliant thought, and then I forgot <laughs> about the cookies until I kind of smelled this funny thing in the air. I was like, oh, no. So I hurried to the kitchen, got them out, and it was too late. So Meta then came home. There was still love in the home. And now... There were also some words spoken, uh, and I repented of my sins and the rest of it. Um, but I still remember this, this 
deep sense of desperation and this deep sense of need. We don't have what we need. We didn't even have it for ourselves. And we didn't have it for our friends who were coming for, for coffee. So um, this was really bad for us. But for the people listening to the story of Jesus, this would have been even worse. They were in a culture where hospitality was of an extreme high value. It was not only about hospitality. It was a, an honor, a shame culture, which means that they would lose face, they would lose value, they would lose identity if they weren't able to live up to the standards of hospitality. This was really, really a big thing. So what Jesus is presenting to us and to the people here is really a triple need. Number one, this family, they didn't even have food for themselves. They didn't have breakfast. This guy, he didn't know what to serve to his kids in the morning. That's quite a need, isn't it? Number two, his friend had come. It wasn't just anyone, it was his friend. And he didn't have anything to serve to this hungry friend either. And number three, if he didn't serve anything to the friend visiting, it would fall back on his whole sense of value, on his identity, and on top of that, actually the value and identity of the whole community, because that was how it worked at that time. So this is need, top with need, top with need, top with need. Layer upon layer upon layer of need. So everyone listening to Jesus, they would really feel it. Maybe like some of you felt the need when I told the story of the cookies that went bad. Uh, they would feel it even more, these people listening to Jesus. This is really, really bad. We really need this. And then Jesus makes this interesting leap. They were all about bread for the family, bread to serve to the friends. And then Jesus says, the Father in heaven will give the Holy Spirit to everyone who asks. How on earth did he make that leap? We are talking about bread. We are talking about everyday life. We are talking about children asking their parents for food. And then Jesus talks about this need. The need for the Holy Spirit. And the point Jesus makes is very, it's in a very obvious point. As much as we need our food on the table, which we do, we can't really live without it. He says, just as much we need the Holy Spirit. That's a basic point that Jesus makes here. And then just to kind of uh, broaden the perspective a little bit. He says, a friend of mine on a journey has come to me. I think there's something in that sentence. It's not, it's not just anyone who came there. It was a friend of this person that came 
on a journey. And when Jesus puts this into the perspective of the Holy Spirit, he's probably talking about the Big Commission. He's probably talking about the same as he talked about in chapter 10, when he looked at his disciples and he said, look, the fields are ripe for harvest. There's a huge need out there, my dear disciples. We need to ask the Lord of the harvest to send workers for the harvest. Now Jesus brings it even closer to home. He's not talking about fields any longer. He says, this is not just a harvest out there. This is your friend coming to you, knocking on your door. Sorry, I'm shouting. I didn't mean to. I rarely do that. But, but I felt God speaking to me about this. And this is not old speaking. It was actually in the afternoon yesterday. I had to rewrite my script and send it to Lou. So I just got it this morning. It's a fresh script. So, and, and this is what I sensed in my spirit as I was praying. God's saying, there's a friend who's coming to you and he's traveling and he's in great need. It's just not a technical harvest out there. It's a friend. And you need to feel it as your friend. And suddenly I realized, well, that is the case. That is what Jesus is onto here. Not only in this text, but in many other texts as well. There is a, there's one more text where Jesus brings it even closer to home. And that's when he talks about the prodigal son. In that story, he says, well, it's not just the harvest out there. It's your brother. It's your sister. It's your child. It's that close. I don't know about you, but that does change things in my heart. It's not just about my colleague at work who has some sort of problem, and probably God can help with that problem, and it would be good to make them connect. That's nice, that's good, that's fine. This is different. This is a friend who is coming to me, knocking on my door. And, and as, I re, as I was reflecting on this, I realized there are probably friends knocking on my door, and I don't even hear them knocking. I don't even realize that they are my friends. I see them as something else. So I believe that part of the, the, what the Holy Spirit wants to do this morning is actually to speak to all of us, really, and give us ears to hear the knocking on our doors and eyes to see that it's not, it's not just a random person out there. It's a friend. It's a sister. It's a brother. It's a child. The need is really a need. I think that's what Jesus is awakening in the hearts of us. That's what he's awakening in the eyes of the disciples. And it's an interesting thing, isn't it? That sometimes what we feel that we need is the last thing that we need. And sometimes what we really need, we're not really aware of. Have you noticed? We see it with the children, right? Uh, so I remember also one of my memories coming to my mind was when my youngest one, he, um, he saw this big knife of mine. It was a machete knife that I had with me back from Africa, a missions trip. And, and he really thought, that's a cool knife. So he said to me, Dad, I need to take that to kindergarten. 
<laughs> and you know, you could see this little boy. That was all he was about in that moment. Dad, I really need this. And and the boy in me was still alive, so I kind of understood him. I could see the street respect it would give him <laughs> if he kind of brought that. I could also see the problems it would give me with the parents and the rest of them. But anyways, so as a parent, I just, no, that's not what you need. You need definitely something different, right? It's a very childish example, but it happens with us as adults as well. Remember the story of the four friends bringing the paralyzed man to Jesus? And everyone were looking at, at this man lying on his mat on the floor. And everyone was, would ex expect Jesus to kind of go to that need. This guy needs to be healed. Of course he does. But Jesus did something differently. He saw another need in this guy. So what he said was, son, your sins are forgiven. That was the greatest need. And Jesus saw that. And he addressed that need. Sometimes we really get it wrong and we don't really see the need that we need to see, right? This goes, for, this goes for ourselves. This even goes for our marriages. It goes for our families. It goes for our friendships. It goes for whatever relationship we, we are in. Sometimes we don't really have our eyes on the real need in the essential things in our lives. And here Jesus makes a very clear point. We need the Holy Spirit. It's like Jesus is awakening this in the disciples. And I believe by extension in us. Why do we need the Holy Spirit? Well, some, some of us, we are really aware this morning. And, and Helen kind of spoke prophetically into it in the beginning of the meeting was this need in the room. And I just said, that, this is God speaking. This is God addressing the need and even allowing us to connect with the need that we have. And for whatever it is that you're going through in your life, whatever arena of life it is, I do believe that part of that is a need for the Holy Spirit to intervene with you and be with you in that exact area of life. And His presence and your awareness of His presence will make the first and most important difference before anything else has been changed in your life. We need the Holy Spirit. Why? Because He's the big connector. So we kind of see this all the way through the Bible. We see it in creation. We have this story of everything being created and God can only create things perfectly because it comes out of himself. Something happened. We don't know what it was, but everything became void and dark. And then all that's left is really destruction, except for one thing, which is the Holy Spirit hovering over the water. Not giving up on that which was destroyed, but just waiting for the word of God to be spoken, for everything again to be recreated and reunited with the Father and with the Son. We see it uh, in the book of the prophets in the Old Testament, how the Holy Spirit is a work. When Israel had lost its way and fallen out of their community with God, he was constantly in different ways calling them back into community with God again. 
We see him at work in the Psalms of the Old Testament, constantly illuminating how much we need the community with the Heavenly Father and how real that community is. Psalm 42 is just one example. And just hear the first sentences of that psalm. It says, As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you. O God, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with my God? My tears have been my food day and night while men say to me all day long, Where is your God? What do you sense in these words? I sense a deep longing, a deep need. God, I can't do without you. And we are talking about people who had everything together in their lives. The people who wrote these psalms, they would be the highest placed people of the society back then. But what they felt was, God, all of that doesn't help, doesn't matter if we don't have you. We need you, God. So there's a, a work of the Spirit at work in these psalms. And then, of course, we see him at work in the whole story of the incarnation of Jesus Christ. How he anointed the Virgin Mary, making her able to conceive. And we see him at work in Simeon and Anna at the temple, anointing them to prepare the way for the Messiah. And then we see how he anointed Jesus, enabling him to carry out his big mission, saving us from ourselves and reuniting us with the heavenly trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So, this is just a few glimpses, but if you start to read closely in the Bible, you see how the Holy Spirit always works at connecting, connecting, and connecting people who are disconnected. Paul simply calls him the Spirit of Unity. And when he speaks about the church in Ephesians 4, he talks about how everything has been given to the church. Everything is a gift for God, from God. There's basically only one thing that we need to strive for, and that is the unity in the Spirit. He's the big connector. We need Him. Without Him, we do get lost in our spiritual pursuits. They end up becoming religious systems and maneuvers, and everything becomes stale and gray. Have you noticed? Without the Holy Spirit, it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. We so much need Him. Without Him, we get lost in our inner world. Have you noticed how lost we can become in our inner world? world. We simply lose our inner connection with ourselves. And suddenly we have this experience of existing our way through this life instead of really living our way this, through this life. Then we suddenly find ourselves becoming more spectators to life rather than really feeling, feeling how we are in it, immersed in life in itself. We become strangers in our own lives. That is the case for some of us today. That's exactly how we feel. And some of us, we are like, I can't connect with that. Some of us be, would even be a bit frightened at this moment because what happens if I connect with that? How can I then keep things together? It's frightening to connect with a need in my life that I can't figure out myself, right? 
But here Jesus opens up the floodgate and he says, there is a big need in your life. You, my friend, need the Holy Spirit. You're not going to make it without the Holy Spirit. Not in any arena of life. It's not, it's not just connected to a spiritual practice. It's connected to every part of life because he is the spirit of life. We can't do without him. We will have the marriage seminar later on. And of course, that will fix all the problems in the world. I know. But uh, I, I would claim that without him, we get lost in our relationships. So we may feel like we are keeping them going. But instead of being carried by these relationships, they become an activity rather than truly life-giving relationships. And we struggle our way through them and in them, eagerly desiring for them to work. Because that's what we do. We really desire for these relationships of ours, whether that is friendships or partnerships or marriages or whatever. We really want them to work. But sometimes we find it really hard and really challenging. And even that need is sometimes really hard to connect to. Because what am I? And what is life if that doesn't really work? And if I start to admit that it doesn't work, that I have a deep need there in my life. Now, everything changes when who we are and what we do are born by the Spirit. There's a sentence in the Bible where it says that we need to be born from above. It's a powerful sentence. It basically means that we can't do without the Holy Spirit in any part of our lives. And everything changes. When that happens, have you noticed? So a very poor example, particularly in the UK, but it would work really well in Denmark. So it, it's like putting oil on the chain on your bike. How many have tried that in this room? I knew it. Very few. Had, had this been Denmark, I mean, more than 100% would, would lift up their hands. <laughs> so, so you just have to trust me on this one. It makes a world of a difference. I had to do it with my bike just a few weeks ago. It was very rusty, the chain. It was very hard to kind of get going. But as soon as I put oil on that chain, it was just going like heaven. Another poor example that doesn't work in the UK either. But right now, there's an olive oil, olive oil crisis going on, or oh, you know, in the southern part of Europe. And of course, we do feel it because of the prices in the supermarket, right? <laughs> so... Um, so simply, it's a bad house, and the war in Ukraine, and the rest of it. So, and, and they have found out how much that simply is a basic ingredient that they use for everything. So they're in great need. Now, organized gangs, they are stealing olive oil. It's simply become so valuable. They can't do without it. And the reality is that some of us, we live our lives without oil on the chain or without olive oil in the kitchen, without the holy oil, without the Holy Spirit. So it feels like we are cycling using all our effort because we don't have that oil. And it feels like an ingredient is missing in our lives, in our relationships, in, in the order of our inner universe because we lack the life of the Holy Spirit. 
We need him. And this is what Jesus is making us aware of in this passage. And therefore, he say, pray. We need to pray for the Holy Spirit. And he says, if you pray, you will receive. It's that simple. If you pray, you will receive. So why don't we close our eyes just for a minute? And Holy Spirit, we are in this room together as human beings, not necessarily finding this life very easy. We are here looking to you. And Holy Spirit, we pray that you will come and that you will fill every part of us. For those of us who are struggling right now in life, Holy Spirit, would you come? For those of us who are stuck in relationships, Holy Spirit, would you come? For those of us with an inner life full of turmoil, Holy Spirit, would you come? Like oil from heaven, would you come, Holy Spirit, and anoint our lives? Like a fresh wind, would you come and breathe on us, Holy Spirit? We connect with our longing for you. We connect with our need for you, that we are utterly helpless and powerless without you. So, Holy Spirit, would you come and would you fill our hearts today? Amen. Can I have the band come up, please? Time has completely uh, flown away from me. I'm so sorry. I'm halfway through the talk. So, uh, but while the band is coming up, <laughs> uh, I will try to somehow conclude this. Um, pray and you shall receive. This is the promise of Jesus. And then it is as if he's kind of deepening what he's saying. And he says, seek and you shall find. So, so it's, it feels like, we don't know if this is just a repetition of Jesus to enforce what he said at first, pray and you shall receive. But it could be Jesus deepening what he's saying and say, when you start to pray, something is happening. I believe what is happening is that when you pray, you actually start to connect with the need that you actually have. So prayer is not only a means to communicating with God, it's actually also a means of communicating with yourself. You start realizing, this is really big. <laughs> I really need this. I wasn't aware. I have been neglecting it. But it turns out, I really, really need you, God. And prayer is actually opening up a gateway for that experience. And that takes us to the next round of seeking Him. And, and when Jesus uses the word seek here, and when he does that, when he talks about seeking his kingdom before anything else, then he's using a powerful word that, that is about saying, this is my total priority. So just imagine you are out there, you're on a shopping tour, and you are responsible for a little child. The child is three years old. This is a story that I have experienced myself. And it's your responsibility to look after the child. And suddenly you realize you have lost sight of the child. Some of you have experienced it. And remember what that feels like. 
what happens? You're not a hundred percent focused. You are a thousand percent focused, right? You don't think about priorities. There's only one priority in your life, right? If, if anyone came and offered you and said, if, if I can have 10 minutes of your time, I will give you a red Ferrari. Forget about it. I don't have 10 minutes. I need to find my child, right? I, ho I hope you agree. <laughs> Otherwise, let's talk afterwards. <laughs> and you are totally engaged. Every part of your body, every part of you is engaged. And, and let me just say this, that if you somehow, for some reason, have lost the life of the Holy Spirit, maybe that is how you need to seek Him. Right? And for all of us, to a degree, that's maybe what we need to kind of take in to seek renewal in our life with the Holy Spirit. And then the last part is knocking on the door. Jesus says, knock, and the door will be opened. So what's that about? I believe it's about living a life as if the Holy Spirit is with you. That is knocking on the door. It's saving a seat for the Holy Spirit in the tube. I know it's hard enough to find a seat for yourself, right? But anyways... It's saving a seat for the Holy Spirit at the dinner table. It's saving a seat for the Holy Spirit in our marriages, in our friendships. It's saving a seat for the Holy Spirit at our work. It's cooperating with the Holy Spirit, being there, living life as if He's right there with us. That's what we need. And then Jesus connects this amazing promise to it and say. If you pray for the Holy Spirit, you will receive the Holy Spirit. If you seek the Holy Spirit, you will find the Holy Spirit. If you live as if the Holy Spirit is with you, you will experience He is exactly that. He's with you. Let's stand. Let's worship Him. <laughs>